Now she's got to run back and, and work the slides. We uh, are blessed today. Today we're actually starting something new, aren't we? We were in Romans last week and um, talking about those spiritual gifts. And some of you are a little disappointed we're out of that. Some of you guys are glad because we're not reading the same verse again. Today we are, um, well, actually at different points during the year, we're going to be pausing our work, whatever we're doing, and we're going to be talking about the different, different festivals or festivals or holidays or holidays, whatever you want to call them, the, on the Jewish calendar. And uh, so at certain times of year, we're going to pause, we're going to stop, and we're coming up on a big important one where we have Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, and Sukkot all right here in a row. And we're going to be focusing in on, on this, these, these names. And some of these, you're going to be like, oh, I know that. And some of you guys are going to be like, oh, I knew that, but I didn't know it by its Hebrew name. And you're using Hebrew name, and, and, and that confuses me. And some of you are going to be like, I've never heard of any of this. Because you don't, we don't follow them here in the United States Christian world. And that's okay too. Wherever you're at, we're going we're gonna to be following at, at that. There are seven major festivals in the Jewish calendar. And they're found in Leviticus chapter 23. And uh, the, 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 we might talk about a few of the other ones that develop over time. Like Purim. How many of you guys remember when we did Purim here at church and we just read the book of Esther? You guys liked that one, didn't you? Um, but this, uh, we're, today we're going to be starting with Sabbath. Sabbath is first. It's the, the basis, the reason behind all of the holy days, if not life and all together. And so we're going to be starting with Sabbath. Um, let's go back and look at those verses once again, Leviticus 23. Uh, look, it says, speak to Israel, tell them, these are, my, these are my appointed times. The appointed times of Hashem. Let me explain what Hashem means. Uh, that means the name. Um, see, instead of saying Yahweh or Adonai, at some point during Jewish history it becomes taboo to say the name altogether because you don't want to misuse the name of the Lord so you start saying the name uh, I've started get, I've, I've had some Jewish professors in recent times and I've started so I've gotten the habit of saying Hashem the name when we, when we talk about it so Hashem is a, so which will proclaim to you as holy as these are my appointed times he's talking about these festivals these are my appointed times. And he starts in this passage with the Shabbat, the Sabbath. And so before we move any further, we have to stop and say, what is Sabbath? Because Sabbath is the building block for the rest of these holidays it's it's the base block you, how many of you guys like legos you guys like legos growing yeah you know that two-piece block the base of everything else that's sabbath 
Some of you are too a little too old for for Legos. You you Lincoln Logs. Like them Lincoln Logs. And you know that base part you had to have before you could build your your cabin? That's the Sabbath. So what is Sabbath? Sabbath I'm going to turn to Exodus 31, 15 through 17. Work may be done for six days, but on the seventh day there must be a Sabbath of complete rest. Holy to the Lord. Anyone who does work on the Sabbath must be put to death. Ooh, that's pretty serious. I mean, put to death? So if I work on Sunday, am I going to put to death? Sabbath, put to death. The Israelites must observe the Sabbath, celebrating it through their generations as a permanent covenant. It is a sign forever between me and Israel. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Sabbath. Sabbath is a celebration of completeness. The word itself is comprised, Sabbath is comprised of two different words. One is Shabbat, which means seven. And the other one is Shabbat, which means rest. There's two words for rest in the Hebrew. One is Noach, like Noah. And the other one is Shabbat. And this is based on the word Shabbat. And, and it means to stop. Kind of the rest that means just to stop, to cease. Noahic rest is more like to be at rest where you're at, to be at home, to be at peace. And it's more like um, you're at rest because you're not wandering anymore. The work still happens. So according to the Assyrian Babylonian conception, which this language, it stresses... The number seven, it stresses the rest. So it's Sabbath is derived from both rest and seven. And so we have to th- take that into consideration when we read the word Shabbat. Sabbath, it's both. What is Sabbath? One of the things I hear a lot in the Christian world is, well, Sabbath is the day of prayer. That is actually wrong. I know some of you are like, what? I've always heard it as a day of prayer. I mean, this is the, the house of prayer, right? And it shall be known as a house of prayer. But let me tell you why Sabbath is not the day of prayer. Because every day is the day of prayer. In the Old Testament and New Testament, they agree. Pray without ceasing. Every day is the day of prayer. So Sabbath is not the day of prayer. Sabbath is a day, and actually which day it's on has developed over time. In the Old Testament, it's very clear, it would be what we call on Friday night. Let me explain. According to the Jewish way of thinking, it's from Genesis. There was evening, and then there was morning, day one, 
There's evening and there was morning, day two, evening. So the evening starts the day. So when our sun goes down, that's the beginning of the next day, according to their way of thinking. Still is. So when the sun goes down, it begins the next day. We often, we we, we think about midnight. You guys are like, well, you know, midnight. That's when the day switches over. Because that's when my clock switches over. No. When the sun goes down, whatever, and it, so it varies from day to day depending on what time of year it is. It may be earlier, it may be late, but starts when the sun goes down, and it will go till the next day when the sun goes down. So, of course, according to the the early uh, the Jewish way of thinking, it is um, the Bible. According to the Bible, it's Friday night, Saturday. That's Sabbath. Now, Christians have changed their Sabbath, I guess, even though it's not really a Sabbath, their, their day off <laughs> to Sundays. And this developed over time uh, largely because they moved to the, I'm going to put this in quotations, the Lord's Day. I don't like that term because uh, every day is the Lord's Day, just like every day is the day of prayer. But they moved it to the Lord's Day. That develops over time because Sunday was the day Christ got up from the grave. And then on top of that, we see in Acts, starting as early as the book of Acts, Christians, they were Jews, right? They started out Jews first. So they would meet, go to Sabbath, do their normal Sabbath activities, and then either sun, and we see a case in Acts where they were meeting after the sun went down on the, the day of the Sabbath. So on Saturday night they were meeting and a guy falls asleep and falls asleep, you know, falls out, the kid falls out the window. You remember that story? Um, at some point they say, well, let's just meet in the morning. So they meet either before work or after work on Sunday. And then eventually as Christianity becomes more and more Gentile and less and less Jews, it just takes over the day off, becomes Sunday. Right or wrong, that's what happens. And then on top of that, you have some not-so-good reasons like anti-Semitism, which is anti-Judaism, will be throughout history. Syncretism, that's one of those big words. I love the word syncretism. When you're looking for it, you see it all over the place. It's the idea that Two philosophies or religions sync up. So as people from the Gentile world were coming in and meeting with the Judaism and Christianity, they began to sync the religions together. And we see this in our churches today. I mean, Halloween, but not other ways. Like, how many of you says, that's karma out to get you? Karma is actually taken from another religion and Christians have adopted the word to mean like instant karma would be like uh, you reap what you sow kind of idea but that's not actually what the word means karma is the idea that whatever good or bad you do in this life will follow you to the next life and so we see these kind of syncretisms even today and then on top of that, as Gentiles come in and they bring in their normal worship practice of worshiping their main God on, of the sun on Sundays. That's why we call it Sunday, right? 
because that's when they worship the sun god. And so as that came in, they were already worshiping on Sunday, and so they just started switching to a different god on Sunday. And so you had all these things. Nothing is black and white. Nothing develops overnight. You have all these things working together through history to where you get where we're at like this today. Meeting in this kind of facility today is totally different than the way, the way of thinking in the past. But if we focus on what day of the week it is, we're really missing out on the purpose of Sabbath. Because Sabbath is a gift. It's a precious gift of God. And the Sabbath is the, you know, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's a great and eagerly awaited gift to set aside all of our weekday concerns and the struggles and devote ourselves to a higher pursuit. Sabbath is a day of completeness when creation is fulfilled and, 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 and God's presence and power when creation is, is a response of the abundance of God. And humanity can rest and rule in God's presence and trust that everything's going to be okay. Now, Sabbath is found, we, we see Sabbath throughout the scriptures. Start, Genesis chapter 1, Sabbath is there. Genesis chapter 2, Sabbath is there. As time goes on and, and the Hebrews are taken into slavery, Sabbath kind of stops. They're slaves. They don't have a choice. You work when you're told to work. And so when God says, I've got a land abundant, and he's going to pull them out of slavery, we're, like, we're reading this, and we're like, hey, Sabbath is going to return. They're saying Sabbath is going to return. They're going to rest from their work. It's a, it's a time where they can say, we're going to wait. And then they go into the wilderness, and you know they start grumbling because there's no meat. right? So God provides a wonderful word, manna, which means... What is it? Or what's this? Um, and, and God provides it. And so this bread from heaven and it reminds them. And, and he uses, God uses this bread from heaven to remind them how to take Sabbath. Because they hadn't been taking Sabbath. <coughs> they were in slavery. So they had forgotten how to take Sabbath. So he reminds them. He says, take the bread the, the bread from heaven, day one. Only take what you need, take day one. If you, brought, you try to take too much, it would spoil. You might get the flu, right? You might get sick. Food poisoning. Take it day two. You go get it. Only need take what you need. Day three, take what you need. Day six, take two portions. This time it ain't going to go bad. Take two portions. Trust in God's abundance, and you're not going to come, get, it's not going to come the, the seventh day. God is using this time to teach them how to retake Sabbath, how to rest, 
and to trust in his abundance. That he's going to, he, that they're going to be able to have this wilderness for these escaped immigrant slaves. They're going to ha- be able to trust in him. And Moses, they get to Mount Sinai. Moses is called up there to Mount Sinai, and he's he's called to 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 rest for six days. And God appears on the seventh day. And God comes and it says, God, rest. And the glory called rest. And Moses sees the heavenly throne. And he sees God's presence and, 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 he, and God gives him instructions. And Moses will actually make seven trips up to the mountain between Exodus 19 and Exodus 24. And on the seventh time, he gets the instructions about the Sabbath. It's amazing, right? Bibles are actually wonderfully written. And this pattern repeat, repeat after they break the covenant with the golden idol and, and then they build the tabernacle which is modeled after Eden. And the idea is that before this Eden idea to be recognized, God's people have to be transformed, which is what Leviticus is all about. So we come to Leviticus chapter 23, and the whole chapter is about the annual or once a year festivals that take place, the appointed times. And it begins with every seven days. And there are six appointed times divided into two groups of three, which is to remind us of the beginning. Six days of creation divided into three sections. And I'm going to be talking about some of these throughout the year. I'm actually going to start at the beginning because we're kind of late in the year, aren't we? I got started on this late. We have the first, we have, we have uh, Passover, unleavened breads um, is the first one. And that actually um, begins on the 14th, 2 times 7. And then on the 15th through the 21st, which is 7 days, you observe the Feast of Unleavened Breads. Then you have the first fruits. And then you have Pentecost which is after Passover and after uh, unleavened bread, you have seven Sabbaths. And then you're going to have a Sabbath on top of the normal Sabbath, so you have an extra Sabbath, the Festival of Weeks, on day 50th, the Passover, uh, Pentecost, is what it's called in Greek. It means 50 weeks, uh, 50 days. Um, Then you have trumpets, which happens on the first day of the seventh month. Then you have Rosh Hashanah, which is actually, you know, uh, trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, and tabernacles are all, uh, we're going to be talking about those next because those are just just coming around the corner. And uh, Rosh Hashanah means head of the new year, which sounds confusing to us because we're like, it's September. But they have two different calendars going on right now, or multiple calendars. 
Uh, think we have our school calendars and our yearly calendar. So we have we have our fiscal calendar. The school, the church's fiscal calendar is coming up. October 9th, we have our annual meeting after service, which we begin our new fiscal calendar. So they have multiple calendars going on. They have their yearly calendar. They also have a um, a lunar calendar, and they have a um, a uh, agricultural calendar. Rosh Hashanah is about the agricultural. It's the head of the new year for the, the, the planting seasons. Time to start planting again. And so then you have tabernacles, which every day is a Sabbath, uh, which we'll talk about all these later. We'll talk about all these different ones as we get to them. But all these festivals are trying to help us reconnect with the idea of resting and reigning with God in complete and full and abundant way. On all of these, they're set apart a special day, and you bring up, because they're special offerings, they are an offering of our time. The Sabbath itself is an offering of its time. It's a sacrifice. For three of them, Passover weeks and tabernacles, you're supposed to go into the land, into the centralized area, which you would be tabernacle and then becomes the temple, to worship. Where you go to meet with God in this symbolic Eden at the center. And it's supposed to be an inconvenience. Like some, we, you know, we don't like being inconvenienced. Some of you, church is not an inconvenience. This is supposed to be an inconvenience. You're supposed to say, this is a, I'm me trusting God. And for some of you, if you're taking a day off, whatever day that may be, I'm not going to get caught up in it has to be. If you're, you know, if you're saying it has to be on Sunday, you've, you've already missed the point. You, if, but by taking a day off, it's for some of, you know, if you're working in the, the field, taking a day off can be a, a, big, a big deal. And for some of you working, who work day to day, paycheck to paycheck, taking a day off is a big deal. <clears throat> and these, the, it is supposed to be in, uh, inconvenience to remind you that your real hope isn't in the day to day grind that happens every day. It's supposed to be a, a sacrifice. Our hope is in God. And so we rest on the Sabbath day. And each day we get a little foretaste of, of, of the, the rest that we hope for in the future. Because isn't that what we're really looking for is rest? Where our hope is in God? I mean... But when we get focused on things like, well, can I mow my lawn on Saturday or Sunday? You've missed the point. There's actually only three things that are required in the Scriptures on the Sabbath. There's things that get added on to it. And it's no wonder with things like if you don't you know, participate, you're going to be put to death 
in the scriptures. That's how seriously they took it. But there's only three things in the, in the 613 laws of the scripture. There's only uh, three things that they say on the Sabbath you need to do. One, don't light any fires. Which means you have to trust God. You have to plan ahead, right? Make sure you have food that you don't have to, you know, doesn't need to be cooked that day. Because you can't light a fire to start it. You have to prepare in advance. And some of us need to do that in our own lives. We need to prepare for our Sabbath. Whatever day that may be on, you need to prepare for your Sabbath. You need to say, okay, I'm, you know, I'm not just going to clear my schedule. I need to prepare myself. I'm going to prepare what the Sabbath look like. So we need to prepare. Don't light any fires. It says, um, don't do any normal work. So if you're like, well, I need to fill up the pool because it's got a leak, you know, does that count as work? You know, you missed the point. Missed the point. If mowing your lawn, good luck here. But if you're in a place watching us online and you've got a lawn, it can be a really relaxing event where it's just you, lawnmower, and no one else around you because they can't stand the lawnmower and you can relax and just spend time with God. It can be a really restful time. So if you're saying, well, if I mow lawn, that's regular work, you've missed the point. And then it says assemble together. Now, the idea of assembling together like this is really, really kind of new in the grand scheme of things. So some people are like, well, if you don't go to church, you're not a Christian. You're, not, you're going to hell. Miss the point. Miss the point. Assembling together for many generations was like, well, you got together with your family for that Sabbath meal. Or you got together with the men or the women at the tabernacle to pray and, and be together and read the law. So, you know, if, you're, if your focus is, on, well, if you're not at this church service, you know, you know, only people that come to this church service. It's whatever, I always, it's always whichever church service you prefer, right? Um, that's the, the, real, the real one. Anyone that doesn't come to that church service, is, you know, 20% of all churchgoers are online now in the United States. I know some of you are like, online, that doesn't count. Well, for 20% of all churchgoers, it does. That's why we have our online community. We have people on there right now chatting, talking to each other, listening, because it does count. It's just different. We have churches that are springing up in VR, that's a virtual reality for some of you guys, where they're interacting online in community. It's different. I don't know how I feel about it. I like reaching out and getting a hug. But for a lot of people, it's, that's, that's reality. And it's Okay. They're assembling together. The Bible doesn't, never says, you have, if, and if you can't give a hug, you're not in assembly. Never says, if you're not, you know, what's the Bible said? Where two or three are togethered, I am there, right? Never says, well, if you're not meeting with a group of more than a hundred, you know, 
It says where two or three are gathered. Personally, I know today is not my Sabbath. So you're like, well, you're at church. No, I'm at work. <laughs> you guys pay me to be here. And those of you in the background know how crazy my day gets on Sunday. I'm running with like a chicken with my head cut off in the background. You guys just don't see it. So I take my Sabbath on another day. And I assemble together. It might look like a, a video conference. It may look like a, a fellowship breakfast. It may look like a, uh, a gathering together. Yes, even with people online. Because I assemble together. I take my Sabbath on another day. Because if I relied on this day to be my rest day, I'd really be burnt out. <laughs> I got here at 6 a.m., actually a little before 6 this morning. Because I started work that early this morning. And so the question doesn't become... You know, my Sabbath, I can't take off on Sunday that I'm required to be on, you know, or I, you know, I have to, you know. The question becomes, as we think about, you know, is, is what does our day of rest look like? What does your day of rest look like? Do I have a day? You know, say, well, I can't go to church on Sunday, so I'm not going to take one. Or I made it here for the hour service, I, and that's my rest day. You know, I cram it all into one hour. What does your rest day look like? Do you have one? Have you scheduled a rest day? And for some of you, if you're like me, that literally means putting it on the calendar. Pull out your phone. This is my rest day. This is my rest time. And this is what it looks like. Because if I don't, it doesn't happen. And some of you are like that. And that's okay. And then on top of that, how can I use this day to show my trust in God? To show my loyalty to Him? To rest from my routine and put our faith in Christ? For some of you taking a time off, that's a big deal. And that's, 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 that's enough. And some of you are like, well, I'm retired. Every day is my day off. But is it really... Is it really? You thought it would be when you retired. But then your day filled up. You may sit around and watch TV all day. But it's not a Sabbath. Maybe you need to take a break from that. You know, Sabbath from watching TV all day. I don't know. Get out and go for a walk. How does your Sabbath look? Because that's what we're doing here. We're looking at our rest 
from the world, the chaos of the world, relying on Him so that we can reign beside Him in co-heirs with Christ to restore that view of Eden. As we look forward to that Noahic rest, that rest where we're no longer in wandering, but home and at peace. And yes, there'll be work to do there, but we're at rest. What's your Sabbath look like? Father God, right now I pray that you just bless us as we we seek out our time of Sabbath. Lord, I pray that you will lead us to a place of rest, a time where we can focus on you, a time where we can gather together in whatever that looks like. Lord, I pray that as the world changes, as, as people change, and, and uh, that as generations come and go, I pray that you, you, you help us to come together in unity and recognize that we do assemble together differently. I pray that you help us to recognize that, that we, we are in assembly together with our brothers and sisters online and in person. Lord, I pray that you continue to bring us together. Lord, I pray that you just bless us as we seek to, to rest in your embrace, in your peace, your mercy, and your gift, this abundance gift of rest. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.